Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 543. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please specify whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including the postage and handling. I've got a very powerful message for you today. God has given me a revelation that I've never seen uh, or heard of before in my entire life. It has to do with how did Jesus... Uh, being is that he said that he is bone and flesh and that a spirit doesn't have bone and flesh. How did he get through the wall where the disciples were locked up without uh, an opening in the wall or anything like that? And I asked the people in my congregation if they knew how, and so they didn't. And so I kind of figured that I'm the one that the Lord gave it to me because I asked him. And in the spirit, he told me. Okay, and so right now uh, we've got some letters also and music, but right now let's go to the throne of the Lord uh, to see uh, that the Lord, see to it very surely that the Lord will anoint this program. Lord, anoint me and anoint everybody on the program and every listener uh, that their souls might be saved, open their hearts, that the anointing spirit come down upon them just as you want the anointing spirit to be done in singing and music, gospel music, and as you want in everything. Because uh, we're now not just natural beings, we're supernatural beings. And Lord, uh, let the super part come out more today, and only let the super part come out, and you're going to use our natural voices. Lord, uh, that uh, souls may be saved and the church strengthened. Lord, uh, I know in the spirit that you said that they're planning another uh, attack against your church, against the uh, powers that be in the kingdom of heaven. I ask that you rebuke Satan and dismantle their plans, dismantle their bodies, put an end to these evil people, Lord. And because you told us to pray that, and we see many of the saints, such as David, the psalmist, and many others, pray, Lord, to destroy the destroyers. Father, I ask it in full faith that you will do whatsoever your saints ask, because we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Now here's Jake Hess to sing Faith Unlocks the Door. Please welcome to the stage the one and the only Jake Hess. Prayer is the key to
we have some letters today. Where's the first one from? Who's going to be reading them? Sharon? Okay. From Ondo State, Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Dear Evangelist Salamo, my happy and sincere greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God for your life and the manner that he planned to use to best spread the word so that it could reach the corners of the world so lives could be saved. Pastor Alamo, sir, I was a pagan with my family before, and we are twelve in number. We were saved from the evil things by my workmate, and when we heard your message on Radio Africa, it set my heart aright, and we are sure God is changing my life. We quickly understood that God wants us to instill ourselves with his righteousness. Pastor Alamo, we're asking for one Bible each, for me and my family, for one to read and study daily. We're waiting for your reply soon. May God bless you and your work. Yours sincerely, Moses Seagun from Nigeria. All right. I assume that those Bibles have already been sent with some literature as well. Hopefully so. Make sure they do. All right. Yes. And where's the next letter from? Then uh, this is from Arkansas, from Alma, Arkansas, regarding visiting a nursing home. All right. Let's hear what they have to say. Saturday we visited a nursing home in Alma, Arkansas. We had a very good response from the residents and the staff. All the staff took literature, as did most of the residents. About 20 people attended the service, and most everyone prayed when we all said the sinner's prayer together at the end of the service. The staff allowed us to go room to room, and eight souls were prayed through in their rooms. Everyone was given the Bessie literature, dry bones, and the radio schedule flyer, and we told them about Bessie's testimony and how they can be prayer warriors and witnesses for the Lord where they are. Most everyone there wanted us to come back again. The boys that came with us were good testimonies, and many residents commented about them being encouraged to see them serving the Lord in their youth. And that's it? And that's it. Well, praise the Lord. Yes, uh, people should uh, go to rest homes. Uh, in uh, every, every one of our churches, and we have churches all over the world. And there's uh, old folks and people that are, you know, the Lord tells us to go to hospitals, to prisons, to people that uh, can't, they don't generally get visitors, so let's go and get to them because they're lonesome and they're hurting, and this we can cheer up their life with the gospel and catch them just before they go out to eternity um, with the gospel and give them some presents too like fruit and a lot of them like candy so that's what we do okay now um, regarding this message I'm going to start out and tell you some things that I've been telling you for a long time but it, I, I want to get to it in a different way because i don't believe I've ever uh, told it in this way, and the Lord just informed me about this several hours ago. Now, there's two major steps that Christ made uh, for our salvation. Uh, the New Testament tells us that Christ took two majors, uh, major steps. The first was his incarnation. And that's really something that God Almighty that created the entire universe would decide to come to this planet as a man. So that is a very major step 
for God to be in glory and then decide to come down uh, to this uh, earth and be Emmanuel. That means, Emmanuel means God with us. And when he came in the flesh, his name was Jesus. And the second major step that the Lord did was his resurrection. Among the Christians in uh, past centuries, much attention has been paid uh, regarding Christ's incarnation. In other words, that he came as a man into the world. But the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ has been neglected quite a bit. The Lord Jesus, who was and still is God, the creator of the entire universe, took a major step to become a man. The New Testament tells us that God, as the Word, became flesh. John 1.14 It's really major. Some people don't think that's a big deal. But the Lord God himself that created everything came down and became one. Emmanuel, God living among us. This means that God joined himself to fallen mankind. Yet he was without sin. God took a major step to become a man. And this man was a wonder. He was wonderful. Amen? Amen. That man was a wonder. Every time that he said somebody to be healed, they were healed. Every time he uh, said, rise from the dead, they did. He only mentioned a few of these things because the Bible states that there would not be enough room in the world to contain the books that would be written that would tell of all the miracles that he did. He was a wonder. He was not a common man, but was in every way like us. But he started out as a God-man. We have to become God-men and women. We must have uh, the life-giving spirit in us in order for us to be God-men and women. So he started out as a God-man who lived on this planet's earth for 33 and a half years and passed through human living, um, first as a baby and then growing up as he did, as the Bible tells us. At the end of his human life, he went to the cross and died an all-encompassing death to take away all the negative things in the entire universe. This clearing uh, the way for uh, thus clearing the way for him to uh, for him to dispense himself into God's chosen people through his death and resurrection. The uh, divine life within the God-man, Jesus, was released. That, that is what released divine life, produced uh, many believers, produced the, and it also produced the church, which is in reality the very body of Christ. He is the head and we are his body, those of us that are born again of the Spirit. 
Now, most of you by now, after I pounded this for 30-some years uh, on radio and in gospel literature, have received that uh, this far. And you're saying, well, we already know that. Yes, because it took a long time to get it into your mind, into your spirits. So he took away the... Uh, so he took the step of incarnation, coming in the flesh, to become a man in the flesh uh, through death he took the second step of resurrection becoming a life giving spirit later on that's first corinthians chapter 15 verse 45b the last adam was made a quickening spirit quickening spirit means the life giving spirit he quickens people's dead souls to life which means he's the life-giving spirit as the resurrected god man he became the spirit that gives life to his chosen people second corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 and 17 verse 6 who also hath made us able ministers of the new testament not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter killeth but the Spirit giveth life. Right. There's no way that we could bring anybody to the Lord if we didn't have the Holy Spirit living in us. And when he became the life-giving Spirit, that was after his resurrection, his ascension into the kingdom of heaven, he was able to give his Holy Spirit to us. He gave the first dose of the Holy Spirit to his disciples when he blew his breath into them because he is the Holy Spirit, but they had to stay in Jerusalem until they were baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people believe that Jesus rose from the dead only as a spirit. But the Bible plainly tells us that he was a bone and flesh. When he walked through the wall into the closed room, where the disciples were, he was bone and flesh. But how was it that he would be able to go through the wall as bone and flesh when there was no open door or opening in the wall? It was the very same way, the way that he did it is the very same way that he changed the water into wine. It's amazing. I've studied a lot of different people's uh, discourse in regard to this, and they will say, well, he was a spirit. No, that would discourage all humanity that if he hadn't risen from the dead, his body, then it would discourage all of us that our bodies will not rise from the dead as well. So he plainly states that he is bone and flesh. So other theologians will tell you, well, he was a spirit. He spiritually was raised from the dead. But he also went through the wall. How did he do that as bone and flesh? Which means that he changed his physical body into a spiritual body before he went through the wall, just like he changed the water into wine. Amen? Amen. Now, if he's, see, the Bible plainly states that he's God, right? Amen. So he can do anything. So if I was God, 
I'd say, okay, I'm a, uh, be a spirit now, and I'll go through the wall, and then I'll change myself back to a physical body so that Thomas can poke his fingers through the, the holes in my hand and thrust his fist into my side. Uh, God can do everything. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And he's going to touch our bodies when they're raised from the dead. He also tells us that he's going to make us an ecclesiastical body if we're standing here on earth when he comes back to earth again. And so he told me it's just a simple thing for him to do. Amen? Amen. Then he disappeared out of the room. He came into my bedroom and appeared to me in an oval-shaped mirror. Uh, how he got in through there, well, he just came in by the Spirit. Amen? Amen. And he looked just like a real human being, but he was spirit. And if he wanted to, he could change himself to bone and flesh and enter into the room where you're at right now or where I'm at right now. So uh, faith is the key to heaven. Right? Okay, right? Amen. To get in your prayer is the key to heaven. Faith unlocks the door, though, right? That's the key. It unlocks the door. So if we have faith enough to believe that he's coming back again, well, we have to have faith enough to know that he can change himself from uh, a spirit to go through the wall and then to change himself back to save their souls and say, look at here. Another thing, too, he uh, in between those times, a little bit after that, he went and he was eating fish with them. Amen? Amen. So, does the spirit eat fish? No. No. All right, so he went through the wall. Then he changed himself back. Uh, he By the spirit, he went through the wall, and then he changed, changed himself back to a uh, resurrected human body. The resurrected body that had not yet been seen according to... Uh, um, ascending into the kingdom of heaven by a company of over 500 people. So he, because the Holy, uh, Holy Spirit that gives life, he became the uh, Holy Spirit that gives life unto all of his saints. That's 2 Corinthians 3, 6 and 17. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Right. When you're preaching the gospel, if you don't preach it under the Holy Spirit, then uh, it won't do you any good. If you don't uh, become spiritual to receive the Holy Spirit, it's not going to do you a bit of good. Only the Spirit gives life he was always the holy spirit jesus was always the holy spirit but not he never was the resurrected god man it's been very beneficial for us to pay strict attention to two crucial verses in the new testament john 1 14 says and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, 
full of grace and truth. Yeah, grace means power. So what I was just getting at is one fourteen is the word became flesh. The word was God and the word became flesh. And first Corinthians fifteen forty five B states the last Adam became a life giving spirit. Okay, read it. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Yeah, it quickens people to life. It's uh, The original says the life-giving spirit. Well, many Bible teachers have told people that the Word became flesh, but not many have ever said that the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. He was not glorified except by the resurrection, but he had not yet ascended before the eyes of over 500 people at that time when into the kingdom of heaven when that happened. Uh, then he became the life-giving spirit. He gave life by blowing his breath, the Holy Spirit, into his disciples, yet he was not ready to dispense himself into others until the day of Pentecost. And these two verses that I just had Michelle mention here, a uh, predicate is used because, quote, the life, the word, which is the word, which is God, the life word became flesh. And the last Adam became the life-giving spirit. This is all the work of God, and Jesus is God. It's very uh, impressing for us if we are spiritual with the clear and actual word of the Bible. The Lord Jesus says God became flesh. He became a man, and this man was the last Adam. This last Adam, who was Jesus in the flesh, became a life-giving spirit. Before his incarnation, the Lord Jesus was purely, merely, singularly, entirely, the and completely, just God. Not uh, he hadn't taken on humanity yet. He was the complete God the entire God, the whole God, but he was not a man yet. He did not have the human nature, the human element, or the human essence before his incarnation. Incarnation means that he became flesh. Mainly, he only had the divine element and the divine nature. Around 2,000 years ago, he took a tremendous step. God was born out of a virgin in a manger to become a man. This little child in the manger was the mighty God. Isaiah 9.6 states that he was not merely God, but that he was a God-man. This is the greatest wonder 
uh, not only in the world, but uh, throughout the entire universe. This God-man's name is Jesus. Whenever you say the name Jesus, you have to recall that Jesus was God, who became a man and that he lived on this planet for 33 and a half years. He lived in Nazareth, which is a small town on top of a mountain, in Israel, which is despised by many people. Uh, when I was in Israel, it was an, almost everybody there was Arabic, and I met a lot of nice Arabic people there. Uh, this is uh, most of it. He lived in a poor family and in a lowly carpenter's home. It is marvelous that the creator of the universe, of the heavens and of the earth, lived in a poor carpenter's home, not as a guest, but as a son. He lived there as a carpenter himself. Mark 6, 3. Read that. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. So God, in the form of a human, human being, uh, did carpenter work. Outwardly, he had the appearance as just a regular man, but inwardly he was God Almighty. This is our Lord Jesus, the unlimited God. The infinite God was limited and restricted in a small town and living in a small house to be a carpenter. Can you imagine the patience of God? It would be very, you know, knowing that you're God and that you have to live as a carpenter. Not many, I don't know of anybody else that has that, uh, could be God, of course. And uh, even people that receive the Lord Jesus Christ as God into their life, they become very impatient. They don't want to wait for God to make a move for them in the uh, body of Christ. So they place themselves there and do a lot of harm. So what patience, um, what suffering, and what limitation, what restrictions. When this God-man became 30 years old, he began his ministry. The Spirit descended upon him as a dove to empower him for his ministry. Then he died on the cross to clear up every negative thing in the entire universe so that he as the um, the embodiment of the true triune god could dispense himself into those of us who are his chosen people uh not those who reject him not them he entered into resurrection, which was the second step for him to become something. Actually, as the last Adam, he became the life-giving spirit. 
Now, the crucial point that traditional theologians have missed is that um, this matter of Christ becoming a life-giving spirit, we need to see why the Lord Jesus, as the very God, needed to take these two major steps. First, he needed to accomplish redemption to clear up the entire universe to sweep away all the negative things in the universe, especially sin. For this, he needed to take the first step to become a man. If he were not a man, he could not have accomplished redemption for us. Therefore, he became a typical man with genuine human blood in him, and he had flesh. That's why he wanted to prove to everybody that that human being uh, with blood and flesh and bone resurrected from the dead. Hebrew 2.14. Read it, please. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Okay, this death on the cross included everything that redemption needed to do to take away all the negative things and clear up the universe for the divine dispensing of himself into us, those of us that receive him, the word. He did a marvelous job to take away all the negative things, to sweep away all the uh, hindrances, to make the entire universe so clean and so clear for God to come in to dispense himself into his chosen people, those who accept him. I feel very sorry for the uh, many Jews, I'm Jewish myself, um, would, they would not believe that God became a man by the name of Jesus. They believe in God in one respect and respect and regard some of uh, them do the entire Old Testament. But their eyes are glued shut to all the prophecies of the coming of Christ. They would not take in the New Testament, though that God has become a man by the name of Jesus. When Jesus was with them and indicated that he was God, they said that he was blasphemous. Matthew 9, 3. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. John ten thirty eight. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. Yes, there wasn't any other Jewish person or anybody on the face of the earth that raised the dead, or that was born of a virgin, or uh, died the way that the prophet said that he would, nail pierced hands and feet, pierced in the side, sold for thirty pieces of silver, um, they thought it was preposterous for him to think that a man from Nazareth could be God. They did not have the understanding 
that for God to save them, to redeem them, he needed to become a man. They overlooked Isaiah 7.14, which says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. He's talking to the Jews. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, Emmanuel means, quote, God with us. That's found in Matthew one twenty three. also. Go ahead, read it. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. The son born of a virgin is actually, quote, God with us, with man. And his name is Jesus. On the negative side, Jesus says the God-man cleared up the entire universe to accomplish in all-encompassing redemption. On the positive side, as the last Adam, he became a life-giving spirit. In his incarnation, that is, his life, in the flesh, he had a physical body, a flesh and blood body with bones and skin. After being resurrected, his body was transfigured after a time into another form. First Corinthians chapter 15 tells us that this is a spiritual body. Uh, verses 44, chapter 15, verse 44, and Philippians chapter 3, verse 21. First Corinthians 15:44. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Right, the natural body is sown in the ground course, but uh, if the same spirit that dwelt in Christ is in you, then you also will be resurrected from the dead on the last day. Now, Philippians chapter 3, verse 21 refers to the body of his glory. Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So this is Christ's resurrection body saturated by the Spirit and with God's glory. Uh, that's Luke twenty four twenty six. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to, and to enter into his glory? Right. Uh, he did suffer those things. And he also, uh, if anyone had faith, it was him. He had faith enough to walk on water. He had faith to raise Lazarus and many others from the dead. And he had faith to heal everyone in cities, and he had faith to change himself and to walk through a wall. Amen? Amen. How he does it? Well, he's God. You cannot figure that out with your carnal mind, but that's exactly what he did. He told me, just like I changed just mere water into wine, I can change myself from flesh and bone to a spirit, enter into the room, and then change myself back to uh, flesh and bone. Amen? Amen. And then he can actually resurrect himself up into the kingdom of heaven with uh, 
a, a new uh, transformed body, uh, but uh, by the Spirit he ascended up into the kingdom of heaven. The same thing happens to the two witnesses in chapter 11 in the book of Revelation. They lay there for three and a half days, and then the Lord gets into them, and everybody sees them. Their natural bodies are raised from the dead, and then in the twinkling of an eye, they're transformed. They go up into the kingdom of heaven just to prove that, yes, the Bible is true. If these two witnesses that everybody in the world hates so much uh, can raise from the dead, well, then it's for sure Christ who was hated so much that they said that he was an illegitimate child and that he was healing people and raising them from the dead by the spirit of the devil. And so you still see these kind of people today telling people that have Christ in them, living in them, the life-giving Spirit of God living in them, that they are of the devil. And when you do that, what you've done is blaspheme the Holy Spirit, and there's no forgiveness for that in this world or in the world to come. So Christ was saturated with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and with God's glory. That's Luke 24:26, And transcendent over corruption. Okay, he can't die any longer Romans 6 9 but believe you me he can appear any way that he wants to he can appear in the eastern skies and will because he said he will will it be the western skies no it'll be the eastern skies but what he says is the truth in 1st Corinthians chapter 15 Paul tells us that as a seed has a form when it is sown into the earth but when it uh, dies and grows, it is in another form. Verses 35 and 38. Do you want to read it? But some man will say, How are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which, th- and that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain, it made chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. Right. A seed sown into the earth dies and is made alive. This is resurrection. You can look out on your lawn and see all the little blades of grass coming up in the trees. And those uh, Blades of grass were once seeds, and they died, and they resurrected. You can see resurrection all around you in flower stores. You can see flowers, trees, apples, oranges growing on trees. That's resurrected uh, things. The resurrected body of the seed is in a different uh, shape and on a uh, higher level. However, if we take an ear of corn and let it dry out, there are many seeds in that ear of corn. Therefore, being that Christ is God, he also can change himself just like he changed the water into wine. He was resurrected in the flesh and bone, and he could make himself spiritual and he can make himself ascend into the kingdom of heaven. His actual body, his actual body was resurrected. His human body was raised from the dead. 
and then later change into a spiritual body. The body of Jesus crucified on the cross was a physical body. And also, when he was buried, he was a physical body. And when he resurrected from the dead, he physically was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. Many um, people who speak um, or teach, they teach that his resurrected body was merely a spiritual body. After his resurrection, he still possesses a body, and it is spiritual, yet he said it was not uh, glorified yet because he had not become the life-giving spirit yet. But he uh, it was still God. In the evening of the resurrection, he came back to his disciples who were frightened because the Jews were persecuting them. John 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. His disciples who were under the threat of death and the doors were locked shut in the place where they had gathered. Suddenly Jesus stood in their midst. The Lord came right through the wall with a spiritual body and then changed himself because he can change anything and he can do anything. He can change a human being into a God-man. Whenever you accept him, you become uh, God-man. And he, being God and man, could change himself into God if he wanted to yet. Um, and whenever he wanted to get through the wall, he could uh, go back into the spiritual body and then stand with his human body in the, past the wall. So people could see that his human body actually resurrected from the dead. What great hope would we have if we didn't know that we also were raised from the dead? What we're talking about here is in Luke chapter 24, 37 and through 40. Luke 24, 37 through 40. Read it. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled, and why do thoughts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. Now will you buy my rice? Okay, then what? And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. Right. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 44. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. Right, but this is Jesus. He came into the room where the disciples were, Luke twenty-four thirty-seven, tells us that they were startled and became frightened. Uh, though they beheld the Lord, they also thought when he was walking, on the water that he was a spirit. Remember that. He was a spirit and a man. But the Lord Jesus said to them, quote, See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. 
handle me and see, for I'm not a spirit right now. I physically rose from the dead. A spirit does not have flesh and, and be bones as you behold me having. I have these bones and I have this flesh. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Luke twenty four thirty nine and 40. The Lord had bones and flesh. And a lot of theologians say, but how could he enter into this room that was closed and locked where the disciples were shut up? I've never heard anyone tell how he could get through that wall. Have you? No. Never, ever. And I've listened to a lot of them. They also say a, a limited mentality cannot comprehend it. But it is a fact. We are supernatural. We have the mind of Christ. We can comprehend it. But people that have limited mentalities cannot. If the Lord were merely physical, how could he come in without an opening? What he did is that he changed himself like the water into wine. It was just pure water. Then he changed it into wine. Amen? Amen. He changed himself into a spirit and walked through the wall. If he were not physical, how could he be touched? Some of them say they don't know the Lord well enough to seek him because of the fact that I'm illegally blind. I have to do a lot of talking to the Lord. I have to seek him. I have to seek the Lord. I have to communicate with him. And some people that can see good never communicate with him. And this is where I get my answers from is the Lord. Because it isn't really thoroughly explained. And he states that he sent the life-giving spirit to us. He said he would send the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit unto us to teach us all things. Amen. Amen. But that belongs to those of us that really seek him. And asking him these uh, mysteries, what they say, though, other theologians say, quote, all we can say is that this is the Lord, unquote. That doesn't explain it. Jesus is, in his resurrection, a resurrected physical body, but it's also a spiritual body. It doesn't explain it when you say that his resurrected body is spiritual. No. It's not just spiritual. It's spiritual and it is his resurrected actual body as well, which is a body of glory, but it was also a body of flesh, blood, bone. Resurrection is a wonderful phenomenon. It's amazing that a seed can be sown into the earth and grow up into a, a beautiful flower or grass, or trees, many ears of corn. After resurrection, the Lord Jesus still possessed a human body, but they kept saying that it was just a spiritual body. Yet that spiritual body, they say, was still touchable. No, Jesus said, a spirit doesn't have 
flesh and bone. The whole Christian world needs to know this. If you trust the Lord to have the ability to raise everybody from the dead on the last day, then have the faith that he was the power, had and was and has the power to change himself into an actual human body with um, bones and flesh. He said he had bones and flesh and skin. When he goes through the wall, uh, he was the spirit. In the first step of incarnation, he became a man to be our redeemer, our savior. Then he took the second step, the step of resurrection to become not at that point, though, but later the he became the life-giving spirit to impart the divine, eternal, immortal life into all of us who have accepted him, the word, as the Lord God. He became a man to die for us, and he became a life-giving spirit later to impart his life into us for God's dispensing uh, dispensation of time. Some traditionally, traditional theologians tell us that the three persons in the divine trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, should not be confused and should be kept clearly separated all the time. But the Bible plainly tells us that Jesus, the Son of God, became the Spirit, the life-giving Spirit, the quickening for the Holy Spirit, the life-giving Spirit. When the Lord Jesus was born, he became flesh. When he was resurrected, he became still flesh and spirit. Some people argue all the time by saying that the life-giving spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 45 is not the Holy Spirit. Well, now, how many Holy Spirits do you think there are? <laughs> do you believe that there are in this universe... Uh, that uh, more life-giving spirits than the one that Jesus is? No. Do you believe that there is another Holy Spirit in the universe? The Bible says there's only the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Not the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit. There's no typos there. Amen? <laughs> okay, well, I see my time is up. I'd love to finish this message because... Uh, but uh, now you know... You can't believe all these theologians. You know, you have to talk to the Lord yourself to see if I'm right or wrong. But you do know that I'm right because I quoted scriptures to you. Amen? Amen. Now, if you want to be able to be a God-man or a God-woman, say this prayer to the Lord. And the Spirit of God, the entire Godhead will come into you because the Bible says that he's also Emmanuel, God with us. Okay, so he's God the Father, he's God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So, say this prayer. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins, and I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. Your word guarantees it. 
Ah, you say that all that call upon you shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord, and just keep praising the Lord, and read only the King James Version of the Bible for the first few years, and then you learn Greek or the Hellenic Greek and the Hebrew, and then you can read there or the Aramaic. Now, Sharon, tell them how everyone in Radioland can receive a copy of program number 543. It's free of charge, including postage and handling. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370 or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. Well, this is World Pastor Tony Alone. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for another spiritual information that you'll not hear in many other places. I just, um, that's what people say and that's the way it really is. So this, this is the Gaither homecoming group uh, I like to watch them all the time uh, singing when we all get to heaven <laughs> 